You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Suck punch somebody on a sidewalk, carjacking old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store, you think it's cool, act a fool if you like, cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on a flag and light it up. Ladies and gentlemen, that song right there, Try That in a Small Town by Country Music Number one with a bullet. Jason Aldean is the latest front in the culture war. And here to help us break it down is columnist Jose Nino of Big League Politics. And Big League Politics is a big league deal. Uh, He is a prolific writer there, and we have it linked at the top of our promotional uh, blog entry for tonight's broadcast at thepoliticalaccessible.org. You can follow the writings of Jose Nino uh, there at Big League Politics. He's going to be talking with us uh, for the next couple of segments about the growing backlash against wokeism and the hysterical reaction to Jason Aldean's latest hit, Try That in a Small Town. But first, let's say hello. Hazo, Jose, welcome back. How are you tonight, my friend? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me back on the show, James and Keith. It's a, always a pleasure to chat with you about the hottest political developments in U.S. politics. Well, you have an uncanny knack, my friend, for breaking it down in a way that uh, really is unrivaled. And uh, this is your fourth appearance on the show. You first uh, made your debut back in uh, August of 2022, so uh, actually less than a year ago as uh the clock ticks four times but, in a year is pretty yeah, well, good. That's not bad. I mean, well, and for good reason. Well, he's got a lot to say and he says it well, and he makes uh, the points uh, for the dissident uh, majority uh, in a, in a way that helps us win. Well, before we get into the Jason Aldean media manufactured controversy, Jose, let's first talk about the overall topic, uh, the broader topic of Americans growing tired of cultural leftism. Uh, the, growing backlash against wokeism you sat down with a friend of mine the z-man uh, on your podcast uh, recently to talk about uh, this at large uh, will sanity be restored uh, what did you and the z-man what conclusion is the pot uh, top of the pot going to blow off <laughs> what did you and the z-man determine well we started talking about how um there are certain limits to what the left can get away with because transgenderism seems to be like a fine line that even many apathetic people and other people that are not as into politics will get really mad about. And I would even venture to say some moderate Democrats too would probably be uncomfortable with this idea of um, having like the state 
um, messing with ch- uh, with children or just like any assortment of nefarious private actors doing that because this goes back to like a biological level as like a species like if you mess with like people's children like you are literally not only like promoting degeneracy at a mass scale you are like ultimately laying the groundwork for like the extinction of your race or species or whatever so we, there's like a self-preservation instinct that's kicking in here that's what z-man talked about and there um i think too that um because of the uh the dissident right and other like paleoconservative movements and any type of like dissident right-wing movement um how much we've grown over the years it's been able to become such a force that now even normie conservatives are beginning to mount some decent amount of like opposition to cultural leftism and this is like a multi-decade process and it's slowly beginning to bear fruit and i that's just goes to show that why we should not like give up because eventually there will be a moment where people will look for leadership and the most coherent and like principled people that are well organized like like um like the dissident right will will be the groups that people will turn to in like times of chaos and that's why we shouldn't just uh, throw in the towel when it appears that we're like losing certain fights well, Jose, I think you're absolutely right in that the left has gone a bridge too far with their efforts now to make sexual perversity a civil rights issue or an equivalent of the civil rights movement. Uh, and what we need to understand is we haven't done a thing to bring this on. This is not, we can't take credit for this. This is the left, of uh, you know, basically strapped like kamikazes into their uh, flying bombs and going, you know, going after us. This is crazy. Anybody with any uh, a modicum of common sense would say that this is a loser issue. Don't take it. But the left seems intent upon showing us that we are corrupt, we are depraved, we are evil, but we're in charge, and we can make you accept anything that we want you to accept. And this is where, you know, th- that's why our movement is growing. Our movement is growing because of the left overplaying their hand well this is another thing keith that jose and the z-man who if you don't know the z-man and uh, I'm, I'm a friend of his and we, <laughs> we need to get him on this show uh, and we will uh but he he writes about it uh, with uh, very few peers himself uh, all of the issues that we are concerned with but nevertheless when you have jose nino and the z-man teaming up you got something that you want to you want to hear and uh we heard it <laughs> i wanted to get jose on to talk about it but you're talking about the Backlash against wokeism, uh, these boycotts. Uh, it's obviously the situation with, with Bud Light. And I, I love seeing Fox News referring to Dylan Mulvaney as a he, which, of course, he is, uh, which is uh, bold yeah. even by their standards. Radical. But, uh, the, the, yeah, I mean, you know, can you imagine calling a biological male a male and, instead of uh, the, the go, yeah. falling into the big pretend emperor has no clothes type of situation they want us to go? But between that boycott and then we're going to get into this in the next segment i don't want to tease it too much or go too far ahead but between the dylan uh, the uh, dylan mulvaney situation and how much market share bud light has lost i mean billions of dollars uh in defeat target and all these a a lot of them yeah and then uh, the situation with jason aldean they tried to uh, do him in for this new song and now he's number one with the bullet uh it seems as though uh conservatives are in the middle of their very own battle of the bulge right now against all odds we are making incursions and do you think that's something that can be sustained jose 
Yeah, there is like clearly um, an overstepping of like boundaries that the left has made, and they're definitely miscalculating. That's going to naturally provoke a reaction. I think that there is a growing movement on the right to uh, people starting to question a lot of conservative inks like priors and the way they've politically behaved in previous decades. And they're just starting to like not really care about playing by the rules of decency. And they're also starting to become more organized efficiently on a collective level. So that helps a lot. Um, Whether this will be sustained, it comes down to the leadership too, because if we have the same gatekeepers in charge, or like a new generation of gatekeepers, it's going to kill the movement. It's going to revert back to the normal. But if we do see like a quote-unquote regime change in terms of the leadership that's in charge of the right, I think yes. we could see some more progress. That's a great point we, because you had the Tea Party. Glenn Beck, Sarah Palin, that's not what we were looking for. We're looking for something the better. The Honorable Stay Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern National Talk. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries.
And that song right there is the biggest news story in the world right now. That is the front where the latest battle in the Cold War is being fought. And that is something. And, and the left is attacking it with their same old playbook. This is racist. This is homophobic. This is whatever. And guess what? You know, five years ago, you were the one that said this to me. You said that Jason Aldean or some uh, country music star would be up here falling all over themselves, apologizing and making common calls with the left. Now Jason Aldean is basically shooting them the finger, and he's gone all the way to number one. It is the this. most listened to, most downloaded. It is the number one song in the country right now, and that is what Jose Nino is back with us to talk about. But, Jose, before we continue the conversation, ladies and gentlemen, this uh, guest that we have on right now making his fourth appearance on the show, he has become a fast friend. He breaks down issues succinctly and to the point and with precision accuracy, and we want you to know how you can. As El Nino is to the weather, Jose Nino <laughs> is to the news. <laughs> Very good, Keith. Uh, hey, you got to use that one, Jose. You got to use that you. one. But uh, Keith, <laughs> always quick uh, on the draw. Uh, but in between your appearances here on TPC, Jose, how can people follow your written and uh, spoken word? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Jose El Nino and then Substack El Nino Speaks. Um, well, my, Jose, my Substack is Jose Nino Unfiltered, which you can find at josbcf.substack.com. You can find my podcast, El Nino Speaks, on my Substack and also on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. All right, and then, of course, at uh, Big League Politics uh, as well, and we've got that linked over at the top of the blog tonight, if you're listening live at thepoliticalcesspool.org. So Jose's all over the place, and he's doing important work, and he breaks it down in a way that helps us because he does it with truth and with clarity, and we need able and capable spokesmen. Now, uh, Jose, in addition to that, patriotic Hispanic American who defends the historic American nation from the constant barrage of blood libel coming from the anti-white left. It's a Venezuelan-born journalist, friend of ours, friend of yours, big league politics, and you can follow him. Anyway, uh, Jose, this song, Jason Aldean, I mean, this is, as I say again, as I said a moment ago, this is the latest front that has opened up the culture war. This is where the battle's being fought right now. Try that in a small town. Uh, rural versus urban. But, uh, I mean, this, this yeah. is the biggest song in the world right now because, not in spite of, but because the left tried to shut it down. I mean, this goes back to Bud Light taking the big loss. Uh, Jason Aldean is skyrocketing. He was already a country music superstar. This wasn't like some obscure guy. He had like, you know, one uh, song that charted in the top 100. I mean, he was a big country music star, but never bigger than now. And because the left are trying to cancel him, 10 years ago, he would have been done for. Now it is to his benefit that they're coming after him. He grabbed the bull by the horn. Calling him a racist, calling him. They're saying he is glorifying lynching because he writes this song, which is in. in, in and uses uh, as a backdrop the Maury County. Well, courthouse. hold on. We'll get to that. But it's, yeah. an anti, it's a song about anti violence. They're saying he's glorifying lynching. The left uh, doing what it does, it has no sense of pushing the brakes, it has no sense of awareness. Well, see, the thing is, he had that old southern typical count, uh, courthouse square courthouse in the background, like something out of To Kill a Mockingbird. And they, or A Time to Kill. That's right. All of that type of stuff. Now, didn't but you go to school with John hand, Grisham? Did you go to school with John Grisham? I didn't go to school with him, but I practiced law in the same community with him. Who was smarter? Me. <laughs> <laughs> 
But oh. what, it, what he did, what he did, he said. His, All right, we've got to get back to Jose. Over. We're, we're, yeah, we're well, indulging well, now. Yeah, well, you brought it up, so i got to finish it <laughs> off. Here's what it was. His first book so, was called A Time to Kill, supposedly based upon a true story. Well, it was based on a true story, but he reversed the races. Yeah, that's right. The, uh, the, the, the rapist was a black guy, and the rapee, I guess, was right. uh, two young right. white we're, teenage we're, girls. We're off, we're off And, of course, he now. did it the other way. And, of course, the publishing industry in New York loved it, and that's basically why he's a made man now. All right, but in any event, uh, try that in a small town. Jason Aldean, you, you've heard the background. Jose, what is going on here? Break it down as only you can. Yeah, I do correct about what you said, James, that this is like another front in the culture war. Because if you look at country music and like the country music scene, it is in many respects, despite the fact there has been a notable amount of creeping leftism in that scene, it is still like an implicit sure. white community. And, and when you have a country star, a well-established country star that starts talking about like basic common sense, stuff about defending your town from just like these hordes of like leftist marauders and whatnot. Um, it just makes these people really angry. And this is like a, a view, uh, Aldine's like lyrics are resonate with tons of people in the U.S. that are sick and tired of this stuff. And it's natural that it's going to piss off the, the left. But um, to me, I, I think to me, what Aldine is saying is nothing like radical whatsoever. It's what like most, um, I'd say like your average like Republican conservative voter believes in that like yeah you you should have like the right to protect your town from like melanin enhanced marauders and um these total like degenerates that destroy <laughs> have been destroying um cities like over the past like few years and these like state sponsored antifa and black lives matter riots so uh, I, I think like what he what Aldine was saying is actually like pretty tame but in this clown world political state we live in this kind of stuff is seen as radical, but yeah, I do see, I do think that, um, that, um, the left is going to try to respond with like more, um, trying to like co-opt more like PC, um, country stars and try to like insert more leftism and prop up some other country stars that, um, have more politically, uh, more politically correct content. But I do uh, think that Taylor Swift, message, yeah, I mean, Taylor Swift started off as such a, yeah. such a, a country, you know, I, her early stuff was entirely agreeable. And now she's this, this leftist. Well, I saw something that I want to uh, bounce off of Jose very quickly. If you look at this actual uh, music video, you see Aldine wearing a straw cowboy hat. Now who wears straw cowboy hats? One rednecks. And two Mexican or Hispanic guys, and, you know. <laughs> but he also uh, uses real-time news footage from the riots of 2020, which he says he was no fan of. So, I mean, there's an implicit level of pro-whiteness there. I think. I mean, to be sure, and the media is right to pick up on that. But the fact that here's the here's the takeaway, Jose. The takeaway is five years ago. As recently as five years ago, this would have been the end of his career. Now it is a boon to his career. How did that happen? Things have changed. Um, I think that I, I think that there's a much more um, from what I've seen. This is my based on my experience. I go to like country bars every now and then, and some country related events. Is that people in that in in that scene, like the average country music listener, they are becoming a lot more polarized. And if they hear somebody that speaks their language, their political language, they're going to back that up like much more fervently. I think you're going to see in the country music scene, especially among like average listeners. Uh, a much more right-wing 
politicize viewer base, uh, listener base that it's not going to take this kind of crap any longer. Exactly. And it's going to back any any singer like Aldina starts talking like that because the country music scene, I'll, I'll, I will say this, it's one of like the least like dysgenic type of music scenes you'll see in the U.S. because you've got like rap and stuff like that. It looks like a Moss Eisley cantina when you go to like any type of function that like features like rap or pop music these days. So like really just hideous creatures you see there. But when you go to like normal America where there's like country music or like rock music genres, well, some at least, um, you're going to see a you know, much more normal, common sense type of, of American. Let me ask you this, Jose. How does the Hispanic, how does the Hispanic community fall down on this issue? And we've talked to you about this. This is an interesting question because, I mean, they started to break a little more for Trump in the last election. So, yeah, good question, Keith. Jose, your answer with about a minute remaining. So I tend to think that the more Americanized Hispanics that have lived here for multiple generations, like the ones that have lived here, like, since like the conquistadors settled the American Southwest, those people may start. Um, I think we'll definitely shift towards Republicans because they're like effectively whites now. They're like politically and culturally white. Other Hispanics, like recent arrivals, not so optimistic to be honest. And some of like their immediate pro- progeny, and especially the 19- post nineteen sixty five wave. I think that the, it's going to be a generational split. The Mexicans that have been living, uh, Hispanics that have been living here for centuries, more likely to break towards implicit white movements and whatnot we will continue this uh conversation we'll continue to talk about this topic uh but uh, unfortunately and sadly without jose nino uh who has to run right now but uh, we'll continue it el nino speaks at big league politics follow him support him jose always great to talk to you thank you so much for being a friend of the program Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barmash. Unbearable heat for millions across the U.S., and forecasters say it won't end in the coming week. Over 2,000 records have been broken across the southern USA from California to Florida since the first heat advisories were posted in early June. And the heat wave and warming of fresh bodies of water has increased the prevalence of a brain-eating amoeba. A two-year-old Nevada boy died this week from the Glaria Fowlery infection, also known as a brain-eating amoeba. The cause of death confirmed by state health officials and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The boy, who was from Lincoln County, which is north of Las Vegas, may have been exposed at Ash Springs, a natural hot spring in the area. The amoeba enters through the nose and travels to the brain. It's found in warm, fresh water like lakes, rivers, and springs. Authorities are warning against jumping or diving into warm bodies of fresh water, especially during the summer months amid the ongoing heat wave in the United States. In Las Vegas, I'm John Schaefer. Many Americans think another federal indictment could hamper former President Trump's chances in the 2024 election. In the Harvard Caps Harris poll, 57% of those surveyed think federal charges related to the January 6th riot at the Capitol and attempts to overthrow the 2020 election would hurt Trump at the ballot box. Trader Joe's is issuing a nationwide recall of two of its cookie products 
that may contain rocks. One of the products is almond windmill cookies with a sell-by date between October 19th and October 21st of this year. The other is dark chocolate chunk almond cookies with a sell-by date between October 17th and October 21st. Trader Joe says all potentially affected products have been pulled from the shelves and destroyed. Customers are encouraged to either toss them or return them to Trader Joe's for a full refund. Trader Joe's did not indicate how rocks got into the products. This is USA News. Keeping your kids safe is a full-time job. Whether it's putting on outlet covers, installing child gates, or gluing down your priceless face. So Duracell made one part of childproofing simple. Our lithium coin batteries are the only ones coated in a non-toxic bitterant to help discourage swallowing. Your kid is safer, and you've got one less thing to worry about. Or glue down. Duracell. Engineered for more. Available in 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes. The extracurricular activities. The traffic. The nightly homework. The traffic. The finding time to eat dinner together as a family. The traffic. Back to school can be stressful. Thanks to Ziploc, meal prep doesn't have to be. New Ziploc bags with Stay Open Design have a patented stand-up bottom that helps keep the bag upright and a top crease that folds and holds for easy filling, unlocking a second set of hands in the kitchen. If only it unlocked a second set of lanes. New Ziploc brand freezer and storage bags with Stay Open Design from S.C. Johnson, a family company. She's one of those girls who seems to come in the spring. One look in her eyes and you'll forget everything you had waited to say. And I saw her today. Yeah. A younger girl keeps rolling across my mind. No matter how much I try, I can't seem to live a Now, thankfully that we have uh, the three of our featured guests already worked through tonight, we can devolve into a battle of the bands, right? Now, Keith offers that one, a younger girl by the Quitters. Now, John Sebastian wrote it of the Loving Spoonful. And we but, love the Loving Spoonful. But, we don't like what they stood for, but we like their music. And we can do that because we have brains that work. We can discern, hey, I like the music. I don't like what they believe in. Necessarily. Well, the Loving Spoonful were part of the folk music era that of the mid to late sixties that transitioned into the uh, that was rock. that was post doo wop, yeah. Uh, but they were basically that they were on the inside track. On the other hand, the Critters were just a garage band, a bunch of suburban kids that got together and decided they wanted to form a band, and they had three big hits. Younger Girl, which, like you said, was a cover of a John Sebastian uh, song, but I submit it's much superior to John Sebastian's acoustic guitar version. And then Mr. Dyingly Sad, which was to a bossa nova beat. That was very unusual. And then a third one called Don't Let the Rain Fall Down on Me. Check all of those out, and I think you will understand why I'm a fan of the Critters. Let me ask you this. John Sebastian tied into the Critters. But most famously with the Love and Spoonful, what is the best Love and Spoonful song? Mine is 
did you ever have to make up your mind? Hmm. Ah, that's an interesting choice because Summer in the City, I think, is probably their biggest hit. We play that every every Nash, year when it gets really hot. But but Nashville Cats. No, I, no Daydream. And do you believe in magic? Were their two biggest, right? Daydream. And then he had things like what Darling. What a day for a daydream. And remember, Darling, be home soon. My <laughs> listen, I was about to say that. I I'm ashamed. I'm sorry that you said that before I could say something. My dad loves that song. My dad, who was here in the studio last week, and my dad, who listens to every show, loves Darling, Be Home Soon. I was driving home from a beach trip a few years ago with Dad and you know, my whole family and my parents, and I think he listened to Darling, Be Home Soon for about 200 miles, like on repeat. Yeah, look, it's a it's a great song. And there's Darling, two groups, the Critters soon. and the Loving Spoonful. The Loving Spoonful were uh, out of Greenwich Village in New York and Manhattan. Which we don't, you know, we're not about that. Well, we're about good music, are we but not? But then, on the other hand, the Critters were prototypical Jersey boys, okay, now, from across the river. Now we're getting into something. That yeah, I that, now, <laughs> Jersey boys is the name of what uh, group's Broadway music? <laughs> the Four Seasons. The Four Seasons. Uh, the, the, the people at the pinnacle. Of modern music, according to James. So well, hey, listen, they, they how many hundreds of millions of records do you have to sell before you can be considered in that company? But what about you didn't have to be so nice? Oh, that was a great one. Yeah, you didn't have to be so nice. And did you ever have to make ah, no, they had the loving spoonful. All right, and all right. Well, anyway, let's get back to the song at hand, which is Jason Aldean's. Try that in a small town. So you heard about half of the song between the last two segments with Jose Nino. And, of course, the, it's an anti-violence song. It's saying, like, all of the violence. anti-left they, song is basically. Well, is. he uses footage of the actual. Black Lives Matter stuff. Riots in 2020, the George Floyd riots, which were, of course, inflicted upon us by. by mostly Black peaceful Lives, protests. Is a Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Say. And so the the whole media is saying that this is a racist. Not only is it not an anti-violence song, which is what it's about. It's like all that stuff that goes on in the city. Try that in a small town where we have close-knit communities. We look out for one another. It's not going to fly here. And he's right because there's a huge difference between rural and and, 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 and the left uh, comes in urban and, and rural. But 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 now they're saying it. Not only is it racist, it is pro-lynching. It is a pro-lynching song that he say that Black Lives Matter should not well, come to a small town. they have to trot out lynching, you know you've got them by the short hair. Okay? <laughs> that is what, that's the best thing they could say. We know that we have struck a nerve with the left. Thank you very much, left. That's the highest recommendation you could give to anyone who might want to buy a But here's a copy key. Of that. Here's key is that this is now the number one song in the world. Number one song in the world, not only did it not finish his career, as it would have done 10 years ago. When I wrote Racism, Schmacism, a controversy like this, he would have been done for. Now, country music television did sort of cancel him, and it only propelled him into the number. This is the number one song in streaming, the number one song on YouTube. It's the number one song, period. Well, and, and, and a lot of other country music stars are, are siding behind him now. This would have never happened a few years ago. This goes back to what we're talking about with Brad and Jose. And now it's the number one song because of the controversy. This is what I say. It's like our battle of the bulge here. Not only is uh, Bud Light taking a big L for trotting out this transgender 
uh, weirdo as its spokesperson. Dylan Mulvaney. And now you've got this. Uh, the the, uh, uh, the allegation that he is a racist and pro-lynching would have ruined him 10 years ago. Now it propels him to the top spot in music well, in the, the world. Well, as Buffalo Sing- Springfield said, battle lines are being drawn. Okay, Nobody's that's what's right ha- if everybody's wrong. That's it. And see, this is... You know, who is in charge of country music today? The same Jewish hierarchy that's in charge of other music. And country genres. music television dropped Jason Aldean at the first hint of controversy. But then all of these other, and, and I'm talking about the very biggest of country music stars rallied behind him and propelled him to uh, a level of celebrity but, but that there, he didn't there, even, it, it, it have, even though he was a very big but celebrity. But the silence is this. deafening from Taylor Swift. You got all of this footage, though, and it shows, well, yes, it is implicitly white. So what? It is an implicitly white anthem. Surely, sure it is. He's so using is country the, music. Are you going to basically try to kill your base's uh, support for your product the way that Anheuser-Busch did with the uh, you know Bud Light commercials, the way that Disney has done, the way that Target has done? All these people basically have shot the bird at white America. And guess what? White America is fighting back. And basically, Anheuser-Busch is dropping off the chart. It's a terrible investment now. Same thing for Target. Same thing for Disney. Look, they, uh, you know, they seem to have lost their minds. At least they, they, they've shown what we've said about Hollywood all along is that they have principles and values that are more important than making money. Don't say that they do things like Dylan Mulvaney because they're trying to make money. No, they aren't. They're trying to transform the society. And the society of white people that think right, that have Christian values, they're not buying into it. This is it. You wouldn't have seen this a few years ago, Keith. Not only did Jason Aldean not relent, not only did he not apologize, he doubled down. His wife doubled down. He said, we were not going to apologize for this. There's nothing to his wife. There's nothing to apologize for. Country music celebrities rallying behind him, propelling him to number one. It went from the kiss of death, assuredly, 10 years ago. You're called a racist 10 years ago. You're done. Now he is minted in a way that even with all of his celebrity, he wasn't before. This is a big thing. This is a big deal. It has given a big boost to his career. And it is implicitly white. And they say, well, he chose this courthouse because at some point uh, a a black guy was missing treated there black guy was lynched there well, supposedly see, southern courthouse that symbol of oppression and evil in the eyes of the left you know if you don't believe me just get a copy of to kill a mockingbird and see how the south is portrayed there well guess what we portray the south a different way we portray the south as the repository of traditional american values but the left would have done this the media would have done this if he'd have had if he'd have filmed the music video in kalamazoo that have said, well, he picked that place because 427 miles from here, a Klansman took a leak uh, in, in 1927. <laughs> you know, they would have done that. I mean, this is what they do, and, and this is it. Nobody cares anymore. Nobody cares anymore. No, actually, it is it? to his benefit that they have attacked him now. It Not only it would have ruined him five years ago, ten years ago, now he is the biggest name in music well, because do, of it. People do care what the left says. They listen to the left, and they say, if the left is against it, we know he, that the guy that they're attacking is on the right side. This is what it is. People now instinctively recoil from the left. And this ties into what Brad Griffin and Jose Nino were saying how? That basically what is happening is that America is transforming itself. We're basically 
bringing things to bo- there's a head on the boil now. Uh, it's going to pop any time because no longer are conservatives and conservatively minded people cowering before the power of the left. Basically, they're standing up to the left. They're ready to fight. This is it. You know, basically, we're not going to concede another inch in the culture war. You know, this is where the line is drawn, and we are going to continue to support ourselves, and we don't give two hoots in hell what the left And it feeds into what Brad Griffin was talking about, that we are hurtling towards an event of some sort that will sort things out one way or another. It's obvious that our ancestors are right. There are two Americas. At the very least. At maybe the very more least. Yeah. <laughs> At the very least, we're not going to continue as we are now. And thank God for that. We'll be back with the final segment of a busy night tonight with three great guests. Stay tuned. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of the Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Ladies and gentlemen, via email, who won the Battle of the Bands tonight? Keith with uh, the young- Critters, Younger Girl. Or? Millie Small, My Boy Lollipop. <laughs> 
Well, you know we love that doo-wop stuff around here. We tried well, to. That's not really doo-wop. That's kind of. Well, a, now a come connection. on now. That's like, uh, you know. That, that's yeah, like I mean, it, it doesn't. That's a bridge between doo-wop and all Motown. All right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It didn't have sort of the nonsensical, unintelligible doo-wop wording well, well, that we it, it, it certainly wasn't high iq uh, lyrics <laughs> <laughs> but did it sound good yeah it sounded good all right now uh now you now you're <laughs> now you're making me play this you're, you're making me do this keith you're making I'm me do this yeah you're doing this because this is this is quintessential do now we played do up with uh uh can't we be sweethearts uh, we did uh, Ramalama Ding Dong last week. I mean, you know, any excuse we can do to get into this, but, I mean, this is it. That's doo-wop. That's Adele Vikings. Come go with me. That's what doo-wop sounds like. Am I, I got right? One for you now. Am I, I right or am I right? You're right. That's good, but let me give you one now. All right, all right. Barefooting by Robert Parker. Put that in. Wait, barefooting? That was yeah. covered by several people. No, put barefooting Robert Parker. All right, we got to get back to work tonight. There well, we're is. having fun now. Well, I mean, we, <laughs> all right, we, we are going to finish on a serious note, but all right. Well, we know Johnny Rivers did a cover of this. Yeah. I, who this doesn't is, know this? This is the original. Come on, who doesn't know this? It looks like you, Keith. Yeah. Look up Robert right. Parker. Looks just like Keith. Get on your feet. You make me nervous when you're in the sea. Take off your shoes and pat your feet. We're doing a dance that can't be beat. We're barefooting. We're barefooting. we do it during commercial breaks and after this is the post game show yeah right <laughs> but anyway hey keith all right back to music uh this is the we've seen the latest battlefront and uh, the advance is being made by our side for a change and you're seeing this more and more it goes back to what we're talking about with brad griffin and events is the coming left keith things are changing fights, they can't win well i mean they've they won every fight for the last uh, well, they've won 150 it. They've 60, won it in new york years. city and in san francisco well, they won it all LA, across everywhere but, but everywhere else every, they've won it everywhere they won it on the left coast and on the acela corridor well they and forces into submission here in the south but Things are the South will rise changing. again, <laughs> uh, and maybe it is, and maybe it is right now. But the, anyway, something's happening. Something's happening that is different. This this huge billions of dollars of losses by Bud Light. The fact that they tried to come after this guy as a racist and a and a pro lynching advocate, and now he's the number one. And now he's song wearing in it the as world. the red badge of courage. And other people are rallying behind him. His fellow celebrities in in country music. I mean, this is all. Uh, very interesting and and noteworthy. And I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, out in San Francisco, Keith, right now, you have all of those major hotel chains that are just leaving, leaving because, for Portland, Oregon, and in the Safeway stores in San Francisco, you, you have to walk in to yeah. like a, a a hard plastic cubicle before you can check out because this is the security. You have to like walk into like a security chamber before you can check it's out. Like, because it's like, of, look. The of left the coast theft. and the east coast are like Orwellian now, okay? Orwell could not have conceived what they have devolved into. But now, meanwhile, Red State America is thriving. Red State America is drawing people from Blue State America that have common sense and don't want to live 
in a uh, police state or in a, uh, 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 a liberal dystopia. We're thriving. They're dying. That's telling you something, folks. Believe me, line up on the side of life and growth and healthy families and a healthy economy. Come to Red State America. Depart from Blue State America. Don't look back or you're liable to suffer the fate of Lot's wife. <laughs> All right, Keith. Now we Turned into a pillar of salt. We mentioned this earlier. You, you got in touch with me earlier in this week. You said there's a brand new article out that mentions a long ago uh, interview that we had with Pat Buchanan here on TBC. What was it about? What, what was going on there? Well, you had Pat Buchanan. I, I'm going to let you tell it. Because well, I mean, you're the one who read it. You, you, you told you, me about you, it. You left. You you re, you looked at it. I just I saw, said, saw what you texted me. Well, what happened? What are you you read it that you tell us? Well, basically, Pat Buchanan got on our show, and they said that that was like the kiss of death for Pat Buchanan, and that everybody turned on him. Guess what? His best days were in front of him at that point. He was writing a book every year, just about, and all of them were big bestsellers, despite the best efforts of the left to put them down. Guess why? You you look at you look at uh, and if you haven't read because these books, because he lined up with us. You, well, I don't I don't think we made him. He made me. No, no, he no. made me. We didn't make him. And I know you're not saying that. No, but, I'm not saying that. But but the fact of the matter is, death of the West, state of emergency, suicide of a superpower. These and Churchill are, and the unnecessary war. Well, that's a, in a different way. But yes, that too. And he did come on the show to talk about that one. But of the other ones too, these are. Absolutely and without question, these take on a racial animus uh, no more or less than we take it on here every week. They were landmark. If you ever read the Death of the West, Death of the West, Death of the West is, I think, his magnum opus, and it was the book that basically birthed the movement that you're seeing bear fruit at the present day. Do you not agree? Well, I think Pat Buchanan, now at 84 years of age, he'll be 85 in November. Uh, he has uh, reached the level of appreciation that he should have always had. He is known now as the guy who was the forerunner of Donald Trump. These issues won. These issues were the winning issues, even if he wasn't the one on he his issues. He should have been our Moses. But even if he couldn't have been because the timing just wasn't right at his time, uh, he is still the one who delivered the Ten Commandments to uh, the, the people who are going to take he, it to, he to the, the promised land. down from Mount Sinai. I think so. And, I mean, you know, I think so because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been here. And it, we, we talked about this earlier. I mean, if I'd gotten my start with uh, Bob Dole or John, uh, Jack Kemp or Mitt Romney or Rick uh, Santorum. Mike Pence. It, uh, well, Matt, you know, Mike Pence is smarter than we give him credit for. You want to know why? Bob Dole at least had Viagra going for him. Well, that was the only thing that he a had A resurrected cadaver. <laughs> I think... You know, I got to tell you, and I don't want you to take offense, my friend. Mike Pence may be smarter than you are. You want me to tell you why? Why? He has tapped into the fastest growing demographic in the country. What is that? Holocaust survivors. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen, no, this is the truth. We got this from a friend who listens to every show. Uh, Mike Pence's campaign, if I know him for one thing, it's his subservience to Israel. There's like a star of David on his website. So it kisses the feet of the uh, power and influence. But he's tapping into the fastest growing demographic in the country. And I've got the proof. Cucks. This, no, no. Holocaust survivors are the fastest growing demographic. Listen, this is it. These are real stories and real datelines. 
Are you ready to listen? I'm ready. This is why Mike Pence is smarter than you. Uh, he knows. I'm, I'm here at your feet, old man. He, he's tapping into it and he's hitching his cart to the fastest growing demographic of voters, Holocaust survivors. July 3rd, 2016, Times Magazine headline reads Ely Weasel. Ely Weasel. Ellie Weasel. <laughs> <laughs> There are, listen, this is the headline in Time Magazine in 2016. There are just 100,000 Holocaust survivors left. Okay, that's 2016. Now, here is a headline from the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews in January of 2019, three years later. Israel home to 200,000 Holocaust survivors. You understand? Yeah. There's 100,000 in 2016, but in 2019, there's 200,000 in Israel alone. And how about this one from The Economist? The Economist in 2020, four years after there was only 100,000 left, archivists are racing to identify every Jewish Holocaust victim. On the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz, only 400,000 Holocaust survivors are still alive. So, <laughs> so I, I, I mean, Mike Pence tapping into this growing There's going to be six million before we know it. <laughs> They're going to come well, back. Well, they've They're actually, they've back. Act, no, no, they've actually, they've actually figured out a way around it you've heard that we've talked about this on the show there is there are second and third generation holocaust survivors now because the trauma that they endured was so severe that it actually went into their genetic makeup and it can be transmitted on to subsequent generations there's actually more holocaust survivors now than we're in 1946 and, and mike pence shows you don't even have to be jewish to do it you can be there are jewish holocaust survivors <laughs> And there are white Gentile kiss asses like <laughs> Mike Pence. And believe me, that second group is the one that is mushrooming like crazy. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're just growing at uh, exponentially. So say there's a 19-year-old guy out there right now, all right, like I was in 1999 when I got hitched to the Buchanan cart. You think there's a 19-year-old guy right now who's getting his start with the Mike Pence for president campaign who – uh, 24 years later, is going to be doing anything? Look, I like the way that Tucker Carlson took him to school. He gave him, I mean, he whipped him like a, a barred mule on that uh, interview he did for Turning Point. If you haven't seen that yet, folks, do it. Basically, he said he's never seen anyone before a presidential candidate commit suicide on national TV. But that's exactly what Mike Pence did. Mike Pence, Asa Hutchinson, these wimps from middle America, supposedly red state America, that worship at the shrine of Jewish power and influence. You see what happens to them? They're history, folks. They're gone. Don't be with the losers. Come on with us and the winners. My dad just uh, texted. I wish I could have had time. I didn't know we were this close to the end. We would have played Darlin' Beyond soon. He said Love and Spoonful, uh, Love and Spoonful is one of Paul McCartney's favorite American bands. So, it is. Yeah, they were great. Company. I mean, John Sebastian was a musical genius. We could give credit to somebody from Greenwich, uh, Greenwich Village, but they're not going to. They're not going to reciprocate that. But we're, well, we're honest. That's the well, difference. Well, John Sebastian's moved on to his reward now. So he's is that <laughs> true? I, is that true? I believe so. Uh, we'll let you know before next show. For all of our staff and crew tonight, for Keith Alexander. For Jose Nino, Brad Griffin, and John Friend, I'm James Edwards. Great show. Back to work. Business as usual tonight. Hard-hitting news. All the topics. Great guests. As only you'll hear here at TPC. And we'll be back with another one just like it. Thank you, everybody. Give us your support.